Progressive liberals must be accompanied by an adult. The show starts now. University of Baltimore law professor Michelle Gilman and her students help people fight for benefits that have been wrongly denied them. And increasingly, she finds out that algorithms bought from a secretive company are at fault. I've been in hearings where no one in the room can describe for me how does the algorithm work? What factors does it weigh? How does it weigh those factors? And so you're really left unable to make a case for your client in those circumstances. You're in this sort of Kafka-esque loop in which there is nobody making a decision and no one who is in theory in charge of making decisions has any idea how the decision was made. Right. But yet at the same time, uh, many of the decision makers, the judges, give undue deference to the automated system because they think it's a computer. It's mathematical. It must be right. Gilman says that once upon a time when people could come into an office like this one to get things sorted, there were problems, sure. The potential for harm is just much greater when these flaws are embedded in algorithmic systems. Life and death decisions are being made by automated decision-making systems. All the AI had was the language of radio signals bouncing around a room, and this is what they're able to reconstruct. Real-time 3D pose estimation. Right? So suddenly, AI has turned every Wi-Fi router into a camera that can work in the dark, specially tuned for tracking living beings. Hmm, interesting. A little bit on AI. We're going to go there today. We're going to go a lot of places today. We have a great guest. How are you, Uncle Milty? I'm good. I just can't wait until I don't have to think at all. <laughs> you can just sit in your armchair yeah. and just be entertained by yep. everything, not have to think, not be told uh, your life or death decisions are coming from an AI program <laughs> or the wireless routers spying on you. Mm-hmm. A lot of problems coming with AI, a lot of uh, situations we've been talking about on the air with money, with banking, with uh, you name it. And it's it's all coming down the pike in pieces, and we're going to be talking about this with a great guest in this hour, Mel Madison. How are you? Mel, are you there? Mel. (laughs) Mel, are you there? Mel. Okay. I know he's got to be, I know he's got to be in there somewhere. All right. Um... Well, I'm sure he'll be coming on in a second when he figures out the time. (laughs) I know he's sitting there. Yeah, because Uh, we just talked to him. So, Mel Madison has held key posts in both established asset managers, such as Russell Investments and um, startup firms like United Capital, that now operates as Goldman Sachs. And, of course, Mel is focused exclusively on private equity and uh, and then also has written a new book. And this book is going to be a very uh, interesting read. Quaz uh, comes out this month, and this will be uh, this will be fascinating. It's Quantum AI, Corrupt Central Bankers and the Blockchain Collide in a Stock Market Supernova the annihilation of global economic order is just the beginning. That's the preface of the book. Mel, are you with us? Mel? Okay. For some reason, it is not coming through. So, um, let me, uh, let me get him back. Let me get him back. So, um, let's first, uh, well, you know what? Let's just give him a call <laughs> live on Skype and yeah. see if he answers. And uh, um, he was on. He was on. So 
Uh, Mel, are you with us now? Yes, I'm with you now. Perfect. Okay. Uh, We were wondering. And so, all right. So we were just talking about Quaz. This is the new book coming out. And it's really about um, taking quantum AI, corrupt central bankers, and the blockchain collide in a stock market supernova with a lot of truth thrown in. And uh, even some great quotes from uh, Thomas uh, Jefferson, who wrote over 200 years ago, banking establishments are more dangerous than standing armies. Welcome to the show, Mel Madison. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Tell us about Quaz. Tell us about this book and why the name, Q-U-O-Z. Sure. So the name really has two parts to it. Uh One is within the novel, uh, there is a quantum AI merged supercomputer that's essentially controlling the world's uh, financial markets uh, through a shadowy bank in Switzerland, which I think we might get into later. Mm -hmm. But it's a quantum computer and quantum computers, for those that aren't familiar with it, they need to be super cooled so that, you know, electrons Mm -hmm. or quantum elements can be held in superposition and stuff. And there's an eerie green glow to the the premises of the of the supercomputer and it's like a quantum oz or emerald city so Mm -hmm. that's one part of it but another part of it is it's also a little bit of a homage to frank baum and the original wizard of oz which Mm -hmm. a lot of people are not familiar with but it was a, a they're familiar with wizard of oz but they're not familiar with the fact that he was really writing a monetary allegory. And the yellow brick road was emblematic of the gold standard. In the book, Dorothy didn't wear ruby slippers. She wore silver shoes. And Mm -hmm. the Emerald City was really a fraudulent um, wizard that was representing kind of fiat currencies in the greenback. So there's just a lot of monetary elements that were in the original Oz. And I thought it would be cool if I could tie in not only the quantum Oz component that's in the novel, but also pay a little tribute to the original uh, Wonderful Wizard of Oz by Frank Baum. I like that. In fact, it's about to get a diversity re-up. Nobody wants to see, and it will totally bomb. But I, 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 I have a feeling that the diversity re-up won't include anything that you just said. So the truth about <laughs> I think Oz. think they'll miss that. Yeah, yeah, the truth about Oz. And so what, what are your roots in understanding the central banking, the problems that came along with the Federal Reserve and, and, and all of that, that that happened? You've been, in, you've been a fintech executive and, and a writer and, and a founder of a company um, deep into the, the finance. Uh, finance department, shall we say. And so what kind of gave you your roots in understanding the nefarious part of central banking? Sure. So I've worked in financial services one way or another for over 20 years. I've been involved in a lot of regulated entities, serving as the CEO for three different uh, broker dealers registered under FINRA and the SEC, um, international companies in Amsterdam, Tel Aviv, um, homegrown ones in the U.S. and Boston, San Francisco. And and so I've gotten to see a lot of finance and kind of how the money moves, how the plumbing works. There's just so many ways that 
the financial system drips cash uh, essentially from the masses and funnels it to the elites. And they do it in extremely complicated ways. But uh, one thing became clear to me very early on working in this business as I as I studied and learned more and researched on my own somewhat economics um, is that the central banking uh, facade of money control and manipulating the economy and promising the end to boom and bust by controlling interest rates, that this was really just an extension of solving an age-old problem that goes back all the way to William III in 1694 in England. When he was broke, he had defaulted on debt, he had no creditors, he had overtaxed his people, and he needed money. And he created a central bank that would take money from the people, give gold to him so he could fight wars. And he granted the central bank the monopoly on printing paper money. And so it was a way to get gold to fund the government and give the people paper money. And that's the real essence and, and reason that central banks were founded. And not a lot has changed in over 330 years. Well. Amen to that. Yeah. So looking into the future with our non-existent crystal ball, but there are some things that you can kind of see happening because pieces are happening now. What are you noticing right now that's really changing for us that's going to impact our lives in the next couple of years? I, I think CBDCs are definitely on the table and coming. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know if you or your audience are familiar with the CBDC riots in Nigeria that happened. Um, we could talk a little about sure, that. Sure, let's do. Uh, let's do. Let's talk about why and how. Um, I think we mentioned it on the show. I know it was on our on our in our in our stuff, but I don't know if we actually talked about it or not. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So. One of the cornerstones of my book, it it focuses on an international organization called the Bank for International Settlements, and that is the central bank for central banks. And not a lot of people know about it. They have meetings every two months. The central bank leaders from around the world meet in secret in Basel, Switzerland for two days. They don't release minutes. They don't say what they discuss. This is Christine Lagarde of the ECB, Jerome Powell flies over there, uh, the head of Bank of England, everybody goes, including the head of the the Bank of Nigeria. Um, Nigeria is the largest economy in Africa. It's over 200 million people. It's rich in oil and natural resources. And my contention, I, I can't prove it because they don't tell you what they talk about at the BIS, the Bank for International Settlements, but my contention was that they wanted to use Nigeria as a test case and do CBDCs there, particularly because of high inflation and the public uh, beginning to use Bitcoin and stable coins and alternative sources of money. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what set, threatens these central banks is their monopoly on money. If, if people started using stable coins and banks couldn't do fractional reserve banking, which we can also talk about later, the whole system collapses. But I'll get back to Nigeria for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nigeria is a test case. Mm-hmm. The government comes out and says, we're going to do CBDCs. Isn't this going to be great? But their problem is, how do we get all the money, the paper money from the people? They tell all the people that they're going to be issuing brand new banknotes that are almost impossible to counterfeit. And all the population needs to turn in their banknotes, their cash money, by a certain date after which their cash money becomes invalid. And then they will give the people new paper notes so they can have these counter 
that prove paper notes. Well, the people turn in their money like they're supposed to, but the government doesn't issue new paper notes and says, oh, but we have CBDCs. And, and so the government essentially does an end run to get the people forced adoption of these things because they knew the people didn't want it. Just like uh, here in the U.S. and Europe, there's growing opposition to this. So they needed to find a way to spoon feed it to the people. Mm-hmm. And the people in Nigeria rioted. They, they yeah. revolted. They took to the streets. Unfortunately, people were killed. But it resulted in new leadership in Nigeria who actually went and arrested and took into custody the head of the Nigerian Central Bank. Um, We could only think what would happen in the U.S. if they introduce the CBDC. I don't see the federal government going to arrest Jerome Powell, but Mm -hmm. that's what happened in Nigeria. So we're going to go to break, but India in 2016 did something similar, but they didn't spoon feed the CBD. They they actually just did did that with cash. Now, Nigeria is a step up from that, right? In what they did. Yes, Nigeria. mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) We're going to come right back. Uh, now you've got to stay with us. you got to hear this. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. More with Mel Mad- Madison. And the book is Quaz. Q-U-O-Z. Be right back. Here's some comments from you guys in working with Birch Gold, which I absolutely love. You've heard me talking about them on the air. There's a reason for that. I think there's a crucial time right now in which you have some choices to make, which you can shore up your IRAs and your um, accounts with gold. And it might not cost you a dime, which is awesome. Um, But here's one comment. This was my first time purchasing precious metal products. I did my due diligence and educated myself on how precious metals are priced and sold. I chose Birch Gold because of the very high market on their business practices. It was the right choice for me to go with Birch. The whole transaction was smooth with no high pressure. Don't you just love that? I love that. Also, establishing my new IRA, filling it with products will provide me security against the waning U.S. dollar. The staff at Birch Gold honed their process of teaching how to inform potential clients of their services to very efficiently opening new accounts and providing expertise and assistance by selecting the appropriate PMs to purchase for their customers. I love that. There's so many great comments from you guys. High marks, definite high marks with Birch Gold. You love them. I'm so glad. By the way, get some help. Just text 989898. Text my name, Kate, and you'll get some free information. Please do that. Just text my name over while you're sitting there. Information is free. That's fantastic for you. Thanks, you guys. All right. Our guest, I have Uncle Milty and our guest, of course, Mel Madison, who wrote the book uh, Quaz, which is Q. um, Q (laughs) I just I just literally dropped on the spelling Q-O-U-Z, right? Yes, okay. Q-U-O-Z, Quaz. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Milty had a question for you that was really important. Go ahead, Milty. Yeah, I, I was just curious in your research uh, to write your novel, did you find that it would probably take a quantum computer, which is still pretty much mm-hmm. theory, to be able to accomplish the control of massive amounts of central bank dis- digital currency? Yes, great question. I 
I believe that it is part of their plan, part of what they see inevitably coming down the road. However, it's not a necessary condition before a rollout of a CBDC. So obviously this is already happening, but at a certain point, there is going to be so much data, so much information that they're going to have. They're going to want that quantum technology. And the other reason that these central banks and a lot of large financial institutions are really looking at quantum technology is it poses a real threat to the world's encryption. So quantum-resistant um, cryptology, quantum-resistant encryption, it's, it's not widely used. It's just in its infancy. But if a quantum computer comes out, um, everything is hackable, everything is at risk, especially a digital currency. Uh, one of the things that's interesting is just hours before uh, I came on air that uh, Central Bank for Central Banks in Switzerland released a nine-page white paper on quantum computing, quantum-resistant technology, and AI and its intersection with central banks. And what's so funny about a lot of these you know, globalists in places like Basel in Switzerland is they put things in these white papers that they think make them sound good, like quantum banks are likely to be at the vanguard of advances in AI. Right. And they talk about using it to monitor payment systems and transactions and, and things like that as if these are great things that we should be looking forward to. And so I think they're definitely using the AI and the quantum uh, technology in their plans. Uh, that's where they're heading. Mm. Yeah. You need to expand on that a little yeah. more. And for somebody that says, what is a CBDC? Because I'm sure there are people that join mm -hmm. in this program who are totally unaware of what that means. Yes. So what they're trying to do, which is not really possible, is they're trying to replace the, the bank notes, the paper notes, mm -hmm. with a digital note. Um, what I call it, the term I use for it, is they're marked bills on steroids. So if you ever watch a, a thriller movie or something and the cops want to know where all the money goes, mm -hmm. they mark the bills or they know the serial numbers. Sure. And a, a central bank digital currency would be a digital form of a marked bill. But not only can they track everywhere it goes in every transaction, they can also turn it off. They can put expiration dates. They can monitor your fossil fuel usage. And if you've gone above it, then you don't get it. They can customize interest rates for diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, reasons. They can do what they call, the technical term is programmability. It's money with programmability. And, and this is the control mechanisms that these people love to salivate over in Davos that they just want to get their hands on. But people were waking up to it. And so what's recently, it's, again, this is, it's so funny. I, you can't even write the stuff they <laughs> right. do, but they, they, they release like 12 different projects that go back, you know, a decade on this. They started this planning, you know, literally in like 20, 2008. And they do all these projects and they have all these names like Project Athena, Project Orem, right. where they're test, testing these things out. And then recently they just did their first paper and first release on privacy. Like, like, you know, like, like, like now, 10, 12 years oh. later, they start thinking, hmm, you know, may, maybe we need to address hmm. this. And, and they act like it can be private. And, right. and then you read the details of the paper and it's like, well, the will it'll be anonymous. Only the only the commercial banks will have all the information. And, you know, they'll only share it with the central banks when, you know, necessary right. for money for money. 
money laundering, money right, laundering. Right, it, right. It, 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 it's terrorist financing. It's the Patriot Act to get you know into your house and take your gun. It's <laughs> it's we're we're gonna do this. So once the technology, once the genie is out of the bottle, they're gonna promise from here to high heaven that it's gonna be private and anonymous. But we all know what happens. Just like they don't listen to our phone calls. Just like right. they're only searching metadata. Right. Oh my gosh, Milty has a question. And then we have to head off to a break so you yeah. can answer it on the flip side. <laughs> So the difference between central bank digital currency and a private digital currency like Bitcoin uh-huh. is like night and day, right? You, with Bitcoin, mm-hmm. they have no control like you're talking about with central bank digital currency. When we currency. come back, that's a load of, when we come back, Mel Mad- Madison will answer that question. Be right back. Melmadison.com is with T's. Melmadison.com. Be right back. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies Supplements. Changing the world one life at a time. It's awesome stuff. I just love the product. I am so glad I seen the commercial, went for it, and ordered me some. And then my husband said, did you see that commercial of Balance of Nature? And I looked at him and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I think we ought to try it. And I says, I am. (laughs) And so I says, I'll order you some. He loves it. I love it. We won't be without it. Step into the new year with a new you. Start your journey to better health by calling 1-800-246-8751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and signing up as a new preferred customer to get 35% off your first order plus a free fiber and spice supplement with free shipping and our money back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this exclusive holiday offer by using discount code Kate. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. So happy to be here with you. And of course, Uncle Milty's with me. It's a Tuesday. And we have a great guest. I don't know if you can tell, but Mel Madison, I'm sure you can, because if you're listening to him, he's making an awful lot of sense. And let me tell you, you might have questions about this too. And we will be taking callers, but we just have some really pertinent information to get to. Please visit my wonderful sponsors. I handpick them. Birch Gold, text 989898, and text my name, Kate, and get some free information on, um, on gold-backed uh, IRAs and retirement and also buying gold and silver. Also, go to balanceofnature.com, balanceofnature.com, and go get that product because it works and helps the immune system. And I'm really worried about people's immune systems right now. They're not doing well, and we need to bump that up and get it get it going, right? Uh, because then it can cleanse the body of all the things we're, we're dumping into it. So please go to balanceofnature.com, code word is Kate, okay? 35% off free shipping. And these two companies are amazing. Um, and that's why I talk about them on the show. Uncle Milty, will you ask that question again, because I can't yeah. wait for uh, Matt, uh, Mel Mattinson's uh, answer to this. The book is called Quaz, uh, coming out this month. Go ahead. So, it, I think a lot of people don't understand how different central bank digital currency is from the stable coin digital mm-hmm. currency like mm-hmm. Bitcoin and others. And What's your feeling on it? Yeah, how do, you, how do you compare that or maybe explain it? And is it possible, do you think, that 
that the stable coins were developed just to make the public comfortable with digital currency to move and into central bank digital currency. It's a great currency. theory and a reaping of the benefit from it. Yes. They're obviously reaping a benefit, so they've instilled that trust. Can't wait to hear your take on his question. Yeah, so there's a lot there. Uh, I could start with this, at mm -hmm. least with Bitcoin, right? I'm sure you know your listeners are tuned in, and a lot of them are aware that the creator of Bitcoin, no one knows who he is. It's this guy yeah, Satoshi anonymous. Nakamoto. That you know, it, it, it's is he one person? Is he many persons? Where does he originate? No one has any clue who put this system into place, and that directly leads just to you know, is okay. it a psyop? Is this a, mm -hmm. a government uh, operation? Who's behind this? We have no idea who's behind this. We have no idea if there are back doors built into it and it's going to all shut down in 2028 as a practical joke. We, we just don't know a lot about it. And I think what uh, really threatens the central banks and the commercial banking monopoly is not so much Bitcoin, a little bit Bitcoin. But what the bigger threat and what seems like it's not, but it is, is what's called stable coins, which are something different, which are digital money like CBDCs, but privately issued. And they are just where a company like the biggest one, Circle, buys U.S. T-bills, so short-term debt of the U.S. government, one to three-month T-bills. Right now, they're yielding about 5%. And for every dollar in circle uh, in the USDC, their their stablecoin, they own a dollar of debt, and that scares the heck out of central banks and commercial bankers because the entire global economy is built on us getting our money through banks. When we give money to mm -hmm. banks. They take it, they say they have $100 of our money, but they turn around and they loan 90% of it out. They're creating money. This is fractional reserve banking is the fancy jargon term, but basically it's uh, money creation, money printing by the private sector. Uh, the central banks do it too, but the commercial banks do it as well. And if you have something like a stable coin, you take out that money printing monopoly that central banks and commercial banks have, and you basically a stable coin one dollar is one dollar a hundred dollars in the bank isn't a hundred dollars it's 190 and then that ninety dollars can go to a bank and become 90 percent of that and so on and so forth and that whole card game collapses if you don't use the commercial banking system wow what was your feeling on uh, fed now coming out by the way they had announced it years before and then acted like they had just come up with it this last year but <laughs> and i love that game but uh fed now yes fed now for those not aware it's the way for uh people to use a federal reserve system to everybody gets annoyed sometimes with these achs automatic clearing houses where it takes three days you deposit a check to a bank and somehow in this day and age it takes three days so on on the face of it fed now sounds like a good idea what it does is it makes it instantaneous you can give some but number one it's a bad thing for a lot of banks and financial institutions you know you have companies like uh adp automatic data processing that does payroll processing 
one of their biggest uh, sources of revenue is something called the float. And that's the money that they get to hold for three or four days when one out of 10 Americans is waiting for their paycheck through ADP. Hmm. So this instantaneous money, is it, the Fed now is out there, but you're not seeing a lot of banks tell you to use it because they don't really want you to. They don't want the automated clearing, but they're being forced to by the, the competition in the marketplace from things like stable coins. And so the central banks are being backed into a corner here. And this is really where the, the end game is starting to form. And, and that's why inevitably, and I think we've got 10 years or less until this whole thing blows up. And there are fundamental reasons for it. I saw your show the other day mm -hmm. with the remote viewer. Yeah. I, I agree with you. There are people that have gifts that can yeah. see things. Right. I'm not using gifts. I'm, I'm using data from the government. And, yeah. I, and, and yeah. I, I've got, you know, Congressional Budget Office documents in front of me that will tell you Social Security is going to be bankrupt by 2033. Medicare is going to be bankrupt. They, they talk about our debt. Our debt is $34 trillion. They don't talk about the $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities. We have hundreds of trillions of dollars that we need to dole out on behalf of the federal government. Uncle Sam needs to pay in the next decade. And there's no way to do that without creating inflation or blowing up the dollar or some type of financial crisis. And that's why, and I'm not predicting this this year or next year, I actually think stocks will, will do good. As long as the musical chairs, the music keeps playing, it's fine. But one day the music is going to stop and there's not going to be enough chairs. And that's when this house of cards really comes down. Melty? How about bankruptcy? <laughs> Why don't we just file bankruptcy? That is what a lot of people are talking about. Mm. They're calling it Bretton Woods 2.0, a new Ouch. global monetary conference. They had a big one after World War II. They put in a gold system. It wasn't a gold standard. It was a gold exchange standard. The dollar was supposed to be worth $35 worth of gold. And everybody else's major currencies, the yen, the franc, uh, the Deutschmark, was supposed to be pegged to the dollar. Um, all these currencies were then you know, manipulated. That was what the IMF was created for. The International Monetary Fund was created to manipulate currencies so that they stayed in line with what they wanted. But basically, what they're going to need to do is they're going to need to reimagine the system. And dollars, I'm afraid, are going to be the loser. And that's why things like real assets like gold and silver, real estate, and believe it or not, in the long run, even stocks. Because when they go to a new dollar, Apple's going to start selling their iPhones for those new dollars. But it's, it's people that are savers, people that are pensioners, people that have their money in cash or under a mattress in, in paper money. Those are the ones who are really at risk of, of losing it all. And people that have their money in gold, silver, uh, real assets, real estate, um, things that produce an income stream, those are the ones who will be able to make it through. So they did the India, your cash is obsolete by the end of the day. Then they do Nigeria, where the answer is CBDC. And they, 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 they're spoon feeding that as an extra layer of we're going to get our agenda done. And in the United States, do they do a fall off the cliff move or do they do little moves that move us way more into digital? Well, you know, 
the the thing that that's heading we're kind of talking about two different things here right. one we're talking about the digital move mm-hmm. i think the digital move when you think about it it really makes this whole thing a lot easier and and it creates ways that they can be subversive about it so right now when the federal government wants money just mm-hmm. really basically and a little bit of an oversimplification but when the federal reserve needs money they sell debt right the treasury right. under yellen issues the debt Right now we have 34 trillion in debt outstanding, but a quarter of that is owned by the Federal Reserve, which means that a good chunk of our debt is owned by the Federal Reserve. When the Federal Reserve gets interest payments, they pay that interest back to the government. We're gonna come back with Mel Madison to explain this in total. Be right back, Kate Daly Show. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. Go to MyPillow.com, order up, and put in the code Kate. Fantastic products. I'm a betting person, so I can tell you for sure that these are the most amazing quality. Uh, He does a great job. Mike Lindell at choosing quality products. Uh, Lives with them for a year before he actually um, sells them. And let me just tell you, he does a great job. MyPillow.com. They're all fantastic. All the products. There isn't anything I've been disappointed in. So they're amazing. And you can get up to 90% off. They make great gifts and they're great for you too. Also, activatefiq.com is a wonderful sponsor because I take their copper magnesium and also I take a whole C from them to get my immune system up besides for balance of nature. That's my multivitamin. Go to activatefiq.com and use the code Kate because that copper can cleanse the body. Go ahead, Milton. I didn't get my last order from them. Oh. And I uh-huh. emailed them uh-huh. the day before yesterday and they next dayed me a new order. Wow. That's how good they are. Great service. I love yeah. that. Yeah, they're fantastic to work with. I love them. Activatefiq.com. Be taking copper because they took it out of our food supply in the 30s and 40s. And uh, that's what cleanses the body is copper. Copper tells the other minerals what to do. Mel Madison is our guest. Mel Madison. I'm going to say it like that so you understand it's not with D's. It's with T's. Uh, M-E-L-M-A-T-T-I ison.com the book is quaz this is he's just uh, he's like this huge funnel of information and i'm so excited to have him on the show and he will be on um into the next hour too which i'm really grateful for because you can ask questions um mel you were just we had to go in in the break but we were just talking about that you were talking about the federal reserve do you want to pick that back up uh, sure. So the Federal Reserve um, and really, uh, you know, I alluded to it earlier with uh, the formation of the first modern central bank in 1694 at the Bank of England um, to, to start creating this fictional money. And the owners of the Federal Reserve, the owners of all central banks are commercial banks. And this, this is part of the original uh, commercial banking cartel. Um, the Rothschilds really pioneered it. Uh, you know, there, there are stories of, of uh, Mayor Rothschild when the French were battling England and he was funding both French and English sides. He had couriers stationed that were able to get the news to him in London of who won the Battle of Waterloo long before uh, the king in London knew. And 
you would think, okay, he wants to know, so he knows what to do. He'll go out and he'll buy, Mm -hmm. you know, British bonds and British paper because that's going to go up because the British won. But that's not how these guys think. He wants to know so he can tell everybody that the French won Mm. so that they all panic and start selling British bonds and British uh, uh, debt that he can buy for pennies on the dollar and uh, essentially then sell his French debt, which is going up and not only, you know, make out like a bandit, you know, ruin his partners in between, but essentially capitalize no matter who would have won. And so the, the, the bankers are always on both sides. The, the, they're on both sides of things back then. They were mm-hmm. on both sides during World War II. That was when the Bank for International Settlements in Switzerland. I think one of the main reasons Hitler never invaded Switzerland because he needed his international bankers there yeah. to continue to keep the money and the gold flowing. Yeah, when he invaded a that. country like Czech, yeah, go ahead. No, we talked about that. Sounds like the Bush family, too. They were hating and abetting both sides as well. But go ahead. Bush, Bush oh, family. They, yeah. they definitely were. Mm-hmm. When the Bank of International Settlements was running in Switzerland, um, they had to move from Basel a little south to Bern. And their offices were right next to uh, John Foster Dulles. You know, mm. he, he this, the CIA has been part of the Bank for International Settlements. And th- th- this is all one big group. I don't know if they have a formal name. I don't know if they're the Bilderbergers or the Illuminati or who they are. All I know is that their interests align and their interests are always the same. How do we get more money, power, and control at the cost to the average person on the street? And they manage to do it time and time again. And there's always the same type of institutions and things behind this. I have three you know, quotes in the beginning of my book, Quaz. Mm-hmm. You mentioned one of them. Yeah. Banking establishments are more dangerous than standing armies. Thomas Jefferson, 1816, in a letter to John Taylor. The other two are from Mayor Rothschild, the founder of the banking dynasty. Permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. And the third is from J.P. Morgan and his testimony to Congress in 1912, money is gold, nothing else. And you know the the game that these people play it's they're always doing one thing and with one hand and then they're telling the public what they're doing on the other hand they're talking about cbdc's and central banks are now the biggest buyers of gold they're not buying us debt anymore they're doing what they call de-dollarization around the world and they're adding gold they're adding other things to their balance sheets so that they have real money when this thing blows up you might want to talk about how BRICS factors into this, too, and the addition of the countries that just joined in January. Yes. So there was a lot of scuttlebutts around this meeting last year of the BRICS. People were thinking they might announce a gold-backed currency. Um, This has to do with the reserve currency status, right? And that's essentially, you know, a fancy way to say people use dollars to pay for things, even if they're not in the U.S. If, you know, France is buying oil from Saudi Arabia, they're paying Saudi Arabian dollars. And the BRICS, they they recognize this. And this was... Um, accelerated with uh, what happened when Russia went into Ukraine. And they took them off of the SWIFT system and they took them out of the international banking cartel. Russia was actually banned um, or suspended from the Bank for International Settlements. So they removed them from this international system 
with the reserve dollar currency at its heart, and now they're starting to think about forming their own. And that has two things um, going on there. Um, I think a lot of people understand the benefits to the U.S. of the reserve currency status, but a lot of people don't understand that it comes at a huge cost. Mm. You know, when I was young, mm-hmm. and if you wanted to borrow money, the first, a minute. the first thing you were asked is, what do you have for collateral? Mm-hmm. When did it become possible to just unsecured loans, period? Uh, everything's unsecured now. It became possible when the banks became confident that if they get into too much trouble, the government's going to bail them out. So sound banking practices were no longer necessary. And, uh, you know, I think it's that simple. It it used to be banks were owned by partners and the partners had their own money at risk. Now it's CEOs who get stock options and governments that bail out banks when they get in trouble. So big government payoffs with our tax dollars and fictional money. Yeah, and they can't lose. So what do they have to lose? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's exactly. Why we're here. It, 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 it's very simple. I mean, it, 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 all this stuff is a bunch of uh, simple stuff, mm-hmm. uh, simple thievery, simple thievery wrapped up in complicated jargon, and uh, you know, it's a magician's act. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like a bill going through three thousand pages of nonsense, right? And then, then the, there's usually the crux or the heart of it is really the reason they've done it, but three thousand pages yeah. of superfluous stuff. Uh, inside um, to read about, which nobody reads. Be right back more with Mel Madison when we come back. MelMadison.com and, of course, the book Quaz coming out this month. Be right back, and we'll take your questions for him. Don't go anywhere, Kate Daly Show. KateDalyRadio.com, hitting over 25 million on SoundCloud. Thank you very much for that. Be right back. Back. 